Now then, and welcome back to Rare Eddie One Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Rare Eddie One, and welcome. I hope you're having a fantastic time. Whatever time of day you're listening to, I hope you're having a brilliant, wonderful time. I hope you can join me with a little drink. If you can't join me with a drink, if you're, you're listening to this at work or on the road or you're know, push biking or walking, I hope you, you've got something cold in your hand, maybe a pot, maybe a tea, maybe a coffee, maybe an iced tea. I love an iced tea. Do you guys love an iced tea out there? Tonight, I'm going to be drinking, I've had this before in the podcast, Raspberry Ripple Brothers Cider. And it's delicious. So I know I, I know it's good. Uh, I know it's it's not not going to punch me in the throat when I drink it. So yeah, I have some news. So let me take a sip, and we'll get to the news. All right. So news before I kick off tonight's show. After this show, I'm changing up the format. So tonight it's going to be a similar format what your your previous shows, but next week. It's going to be a different format. I'm going to maybe concentrate on one one topic, and it's got it's mainly going to be conspiracy. You may get a couple of bonus po- uh, podcasts out of me, you know, to do with pop culture. Um, but unless you guys love this, let me know, and 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 I, I probably won't change it up. But that's what I'm likely going to do. I'm going to likely change up the format. Yeah, I'll get it down, get the episode time down, so maybe a 40 minute, 40 minutes to an hour show. Um, Maybe less of me waffling on, um, a bit more of preparation into the show as well. Um, So it's not going to be me rambling, uh, waffle, 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 um, or me swearing a lot, because I'm going to try and maybe cut down the swearing as well. I'm I'm not going to cut out the swearing, but, you know, I last week's episode I said the C word, Hell of a lot, hell of a lot, and uh, that could be a good drinking game for you guys if you want to, you know, go back to episode eight and, uh, you know, see how many C words I get and uh, see how pissed you get. That'd be a great game, I reckon. But yeah, like I say, I'm going to cut, I'm going to change the format up. I'm going to concentrate one, quite maybe a bonus topic at the end of the show, but I'm really going to concentrate on one, on one topic. I may do a couple more. I may do a, another podcast, so you may get a couple of podcasts a week. Um, one, you know, one to do with pop culture, but I'm mainly going to focus on the conspiracy side. Um, unless, like I just said, unless you guys love this format that I'm currently doing, yeah, you know, where I I I do conspiracy then bit of pop culture and back to conspiracy and pop culture. If if you love that, let me know. Please let me know your thoughts, um, but I have had feedback, so that's why I'm changing. I'm going to change up the feedback, and uh, hopefully from there on out, you guys love it. Um, again, again, if you really would love to come and join me on this journey, because it's a journey uh, for me, I love this. I, I love doing my little hobby, my podcast. If only one person listens, that's fucking fine. If no person listens, that's fucking fine. I absolutely love this. I love doing this. I love editing. I love improving myself. I love improving reading and in finding different editing techniques. Yeah, and just learning and learning something new about myself. And I absolutely love that. 
Um, but on tonight's episode, episode nine of Rarity One Talks, I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be talking because it's October and I'm going to want to concentrate on the, this month, I'm going to concentrate on haunted shit. And uh, I'm going to, we're going to kick off with the real story of Annabelle. And then we're going to pop into the absolute flop for Disney, that is the little race-swapped mermaid. Then we're going to go back to the conspiracy and we're going to go, we're going to have a look at some cryptid, some creepy cryptid, the Mothman. And then we're going to have a look at the shit show. I've not seen this show. I've been looking everywhere for this show. Robin Hood, Robin with a Y Hood and the director X is kicking off with every fucker. Even if you fucking love the show, he's kicking off. It's kicking off. Then we're gonna have. Then I'm gonna continue my list. So I, you know, when I do next week's show, when I'm gonna concentrate mainly on one topic, I will maybe put my uh, dirty slash naughty conspiracy list at the end of it for just a little, you know, a little, you know, see you later, you know, part of the show. Um, but anyway, this is episode nine. Let's get into it. Grab yourself a beer, let's kick back and let's chat some shit and I will see you in a second. For you guys listening, I do film these if because, you know, if I was you, I would want to look at this beautiful mug. You know, this absolute chiseled perfection. Yeah, yeah, Ripperverse behind me. Chiseled perfection, not this mug. No, Ripperverse behind you. Fucking absolute chiseled fucking perfection, Ripperverse. I will be doing a review of Ison number two very, very soon. Um, very soon, so stay tuned. But for you guys listening, I do film this. If you really want to check me out, it'll be on YouTube and Rumble. You know, and, and everywhere you can find video, I'll try and put it. For all you guys out there listening, if you really want to check me out, go check me out. Um, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel and Rumble channel, please do. That'd be awesome. Um, if you... That would be awesome. But anyway, that's enough ramble. Let's get into tonight's episode. Let's get to episode nine. Let's kick it off with the true story of Annabelle. This is fucking terrifying. This this fucking story. Absolute terrifying. But anyway, I'm going to put myself in a little corner. Let's get it. So I don't I'm not 100% sure what the story is in the in the film but the story as you know as i'm aware uh, a mother buys her daughter uh, donna buys her daughter donna the doll for her 28th birthday um so she buys the raggedy ann doll no idea why you well maybe she maybe the mum thought it was a cute doll and you know Women do like uh, teddy bears and stuff like that, so, so maybe that's where she was going down. Um, but Donna was a nursing uh, student or a nurse, and uh, she re- received the doll. And she, you know, she was really happy she she got the doll, um, and she took it home and placed it on the bed, and as like a bed ornament sort of thing. And over the next few, maybe next few weeks, um, the doll had little movements um nothing to be too weirded out maybe you know maybe she sat on the bed and the doll 
moved and it didn't really compute her head when she sat in the bed. Um, but the, the doll had sort of started moving. Little movements like arms arms and legs or sat in a different different place. Not different place in the bed, but different position up in where she was sat. Um, but again, that could be, you know, a bit of wind or... Um, again, she may have sat on the bed, which maybe had ruffled the, the quilt and, you know, maybe... Um, you know, put an arm out of place when she sat on the bed when the bed bounced, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it all sort of fucking turns, turns very, very creepy, very creepy. Donna and her roommate Angie, um, it gets more. It it doesn't start affecting Donna. It starts, you know, if affecting the whole house, and Angie. Uh, Donna and Angie were out and they came back and the doll was in a completely different room. Um, so it, it went from Donna's bedroom and it was in the living room. And and this kept on happening. And the the it also was mentioned that the doll... So I'm not familiar with the Raggedy Ann dolls. Are they floppy? Are they, you know, um, do we have some rigidity rigidity to the dolls? Or, or are they just complete floppy? So, but because in, in one instance, the doll was actually stood up. Um, how? I don't know. Um, was it lent up? Was it like sort of, was the doll's butt sort of perched on some, some like little... Um, lip I, I don't know but the doll was stood up uh, to the to the two girls and that really creeped him out so throughout the doll um constantly moving room to room couldn't find maybe a good seat to sit in maybe i don't know or maybe the beds were too soft but one day they they came home to the doll and a handwritten note and the note would look like it had been written by a child. Um, in the paper that these notes were written on, the girls swear that paper did not come from the house, so it had to come from out of outside the house. Um, but the, letter, <laughs> the, the little notes on the letter were stuff like, help us. Now, if creepy shit is happening, so... A doll moving from room to room, stand, standing up at one point. And you find a note, and it says, help us. Us. That screams demonic to me. Um, because with all these possession stories, they... The, you know, they generally is attached, there's more attached to to a thing and us just screams out that there's fucking it's demonic and there's fucking a couple of them you know whether you know i'm just reading more into it because i've been looking in in possession stuff and uh, but that's generally what you see especially demonic uh possessions that you know that legion and, and stuff like that you know there's, there's more of them than what the, it seems to be But Donna came home one night and the doll had moved again. It moved back back to Donna's bed. As 
Donna approached the bed. An overwhelming sense of dread came over Donna. And as she approached the doll, she was examining the doll. And the doll had splattered blood marks on on the doll. Where the fuck? Where? If that doesn't tell you to fucking burn shit down, I don't know what will. But it had splattered blood marks on it. I fucking don't know why, why you've still got this fucking doll. Um, it's beyond words. As as they witness the doll moving you know, from room to room, having blood splattered on the doll, and and having creepy little notes left for them, um, they decided to get a medium involved. During the medium... They realised that there was a little girl attached to the doll, Annabelle Higgins. And and she progressed to tell her sad, sad story through the medium and, you know, through questions and that. And that she died on the property before the property was, like, flats. And she... She said that she she liked the girls, she loved the girls, and she hoped that the girls would help and uh, want to keep her around. And this made Donna and Angie sad and you know, emotional, and they decided to let the doll stay or let the spirit of Annabelle stay, which was a huge, huge mistake. Giving the doll, giving Annabelle permission to stay like I just said was a huge huge mistake um, another one of their friends came over maybe a day and it doesn't quite say um, but one of their friends came over uh, Lou he'd been to the apartment a few times so he was aware of the doll uh, he was scared of the doll he quite constantly told the girls that the doll was evil and he he hated the doll he pleaded with the girls to get rid of the doll and it just fell on deaf ears because the girls had just you know been um have just heard the sad story of what annabelle higgins had gone through and they were very sympathetic to to annabelle and that they really wanted her to stay and they gave her permission to stay. Again, huge mistake. After his warnings fell on deaf ears, they, they, all, they all retired to their rooms and uh, Lou woke up. So this is where this sounds like a um, not a night terror. I could never say the word, but where, you have, where you're sleeping and you're dreaming, but it feels like you you're awake in your bed but you can't move i can't i can never say the word it, it's i i can't say the word it's it it won't my mouth and tongue won't allow me to say the word but you're sleeping you're dreaming but it, it, you're dreaming and you're dreaming that you're awake in your bed and you can't move you're paralyzed basically um and things you know come up and like sit on your chest it's it's fucking terrifying i'm so glad i don't fucking have to deal with that shit but this is where that this part of the story sounds to me like so lou maybe had gone through a paralyzed event you know i can't sleep per, i can't say it. it it just doesn't want to 
my mouth doesn't work with it so i do apologize i will have a if you're watching this i will have a little i will have the word flash up um but as he's paralyzed in bed lou is sort of looking around and he's, he's fucking sweating he's fucking like we all would you can't fucking move because you'll be fucking sweating something's going on he notices and he noticed the doll um on the bed and then he noticed the doll start to crawl up move towards him and appeared to choke him out <laughs> and obviously or it appeared to try and choke him out so it, the doll's hands had gone over his mouth um and it it he passed out because the, the door d- done a great fucking choker hold on him and he passed out. So having that happen um, to him confirmed his belief that this doll was was evil. Um, Lou and Angie were just, you know, chilling out one day and they heard um, some noise, some commotion coming from Donna's room. So they go and, and inspect it and Lou sees the, the andol fucking slung into the corner of the room he, he goes to inspect he he felt something was behind him maybe angie no he felt something was behind him he turns around nothing there nothing there but then all of a sudden fucking sharp pain on his chest and it fucking pretty much hurts him and as and he sees blood coming through his shirt. And so as he unbuttons, he sees seven claw marks. Now, seven was the age of An- Annabelle Higgins. The the little the supposed little girl was attached to the doll. Now, Lou has seven claw marks on his chest. Could that mean the seven there could be seven demons? Or seven entities attached to the doll? I don't know. But each mark was deep and you know bleed quite quite a lot of blood i would love to see the pictures but again i don't think there's any picture proof on that but apparently these marks were hot to touch and they healed in a in a matter of days and you know if anyone's been cut deeply you know that shit doesn't heal in days um so this is where Donna and and the house decide to, you know, something's fucking up with this doll. So they get in touch with a church, and the church gets in touch with the legendary couple, uh, the Warrens, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, which Ed is a demonologist, and, and Lorraine is a, a spirit medium, the Warrens got involved and they they go to the doll and they Lorraine because she a really powerful medium spirit medium realize it's not a seven-year-old girl attached to the doll it's something more and it's something more evil now so finding this out um the Warrens take the doll because this doll was it's fucking evil there's something not right about this doll and they later find out that the doll quite possibly would have because what the doll wanted was to possess 
someone in the house, Donna, of all people, wanted to possess Donna and basically go on a killing spree. That's what the the doll's intentions were, as the the story, um, as I as I am aware of the story. Um, but this is where the 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 Warrens take the doll, and that doesn't fucking the doll doesn't go without any sort of protest. The fucking doll fucking has a journey of its lifetime. So the Warrens are taking the the doll back to their their house because they have this garage or shed or a, a room full of just creepy creepy possessed items and you know stuff in in there and that's where they they want to take the doll so they could you know maybe um, examine it you know maybe witness or maybe just take it out so no it doesn't harm anyone else um but on the journey home the warrens had fucking brakes fail they crashed num they nearly crashed numerous times on the journey the car would lose control they could they they couldn't control the car and this is ed finally had enough he turned around he, he grabbed a bottle of holy water and freaking doused the doll in holy water and they ate was able to get home look at that look how fucking creepy that doll looks fuck me um Sorry, I'm just showing a picture of the Raggedy Ann doll. It's fucking creepy. So, as they get the doll home, um, a priest comes to um, witness or you know take notes of the doll, and the priest was making fun of the doll. You know, just you know, fucking ragging on the doll, just fucking just making silly remarks about the doll. And he, later on, his drive home, his car lost its brakes and ploughed into into an intersection and totaled the car. I don't think anyone was injured um, that, I, that I could read upon. And uh, this is where the Warrens took the doll and as the doll's in the, the wooden case now. And this is where the doll... Uh, this is where the Warrens put the doll into the case, which hopefully you've all seen the picture of the case. On the front of the case, it's got a warning sign to do not communicate, do not, you know, just warning you not to do anything stupid with the doll. And this is where the tragic event. So a couple came to the to the shop where to the Warrens to have a check the doll out, and they were fucking making some. They were having a right good laugh at the doll, saying, "You know, you, you, you know, just poking so much fun at this doll, uh, so much fun at the doll." They were, you know, saying, "Oh, you, you're nothing, you're, you're nothing. You, you can't fucking scare anything." And they were having a good old laugh. And they, the young couple, got on their motorbike and they were, they were, they were going home, and they were laughing. They were, I guess, they were chatting along the way and they would and the bike just loses control and they plow into a tree killing the driver and injuring the the, the partner injuring injuring the woman and she was in the hospital for you know around about a year and and this is the tragic story of of the doll possibly killing uh killing someone do you believe 
that this doll is possessed by something a de demonic uh, presence or an evil spirit or, or could this doll be possessed by many it's killed at least one person that we know of or well i say it's potentially killed one person that we know of you know of course they're having a god of a fucking laugh who said they wasn't high as fuck when they was biking home and you know and just having a laugh and just lost control who who says that's not a possibility another possibility of you know donna angie or lou maybe having fucking um, um sleep acne or you know, sleepwalking and just fucking move the doll without even fucking knowing it who's saying you know when when you you see the notes or blood splattered on the doll or the doll standing who's saying that um one of the one of the household doesn't have schizophrenia uh, schizophrenia and uh and and they don't actually know they're doing it you know moving the doll fucking putting the doll in foot up now it's interesting i would love to see or read about the scratches on on lou's chest uh, I, I would but again do i believe in this story it's a fucking creepy story would i well i will get to a story in a minute um with a doll um um but do I believe that this doll could be that evil? Yes, yes I do. Um, would I fuck with this doll? No, I fucking wouldn't. Um, doesn't necessarily I mean that I believe that this whatever's gone on with the doll is happened in real life. There's you know, outside forces, you know, the Warrens could just have had a faulty car. Uh, you know, like I say, one, one of the residents, Donna, Ange or Lou could maybe have sleep uh, acne or, you know, sleepwalking or, you know, mental health issues um, that they wasn't aware at the time. That's a huge possibility. Maybe someone was breaking in and fucking with them. Really, that's another possibility. Why would you do that? I don't know. Um, but that's definitely a huge possibility. But another possibility the doll is actually fucking haunted by three or four fucking demons. That's a huge possibility. Now, generally people believe in ghosts in this sort of story than they do aliens. So I'm not ruling it out. I'm, I'm not ruling it out. And now, would I have one of these dolls? No fuck way. No fucking way. Now, the story I have is my mother... God rest their soul. Um, had a similar doll. She brought from a second-hand shop. It it didn't look the doll didn't look like this a raggedy hand doll. It was just you know in, here in the UK. I don't think we had raggedy. Hand. I, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure on that. But she it was a, a raggedy doll. Um, and my mum put it on her bed and she moved it. And and that night my mum had the worst nightmares of her life. And this made her not get rid of the doll, but put the doll in my fucking room, in my wardrobe. And that's where it fucking stayed until we moved out. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't have anything to 
do with a doll. I had no nightmares. I had no nothing. But my mum sweared down. I'd never seen my mum so scared. Um, so, yeah, she, she got moved that doll. I don't know why she didn't fucking chuck it. I don't know. I did maybe, you know, doing that, maybe it pissed the doll off. I don't know. The, the true story of Annabelle. Um, it's fucking terrifying. Um, these dolls do. It's quite a fucking large doll, really. It's, you know, the doll. You've probably seen the doll with Lorraine um warren uh it's a huge it's a big fucking doll it's fucking creepy as shit um creepy as fuck there is a documentary out there and you're going through uh the warren's haunted museum i guess you could call it and she does actually point that doll out saying that it's probably one of the worst things in this room. She does actually point that out, whether that's to... Because that was a long way off from the films. Um, but maybe they had a book coming out. I, I, I don't know. You can purchase a Raggedy Ann doll. Buy item. No, I fucking don't want to buy the item. No, fuck that. <laughs> There's no way, fucking hell. Um, what do you think... Would you recommend me checking out the film Annabelle? I would have to watch it in the safety of day. <laughs> um, but that's that's as much as I want to touch on Annabelle tonight. Um, what are your thoughts on the old Annabelle um, story? Um, do you believe it's real? Do you believe it's just people making up, having weird coincidences that just to happen coincide with the doll or do you think there's much or do you think it's much more nefarious do you think you know the people that had the doll were just planning this shit out why i I don't believe they monetized from any of this uh, from any of their happenings maybe the warrens you could maybe say monetized some got uh, money from from the old situation maybe but the Warrens have been in fucking loads of, of fucking creepy stories. I will look into the Warrens in maybe quite possibly next week's episode. So that's my thoughts on the Annabelle um, doll. It's a fucking creepy story. And I, I kind of believe the story itself. Now, if we were to find a little breadcrumb of truth, you know, saying that, you know, one of the guys came from the story and came out here, we were fucking with everyone. Then, yeah, that's the whole story up in smoke. Believe in it, and I would not fuck with it. I would quite happily burn everything fucking down if that doll was ever near me. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to close this one out. Um, Let me know your thoughts. Um, let me know your thoughts if if you want me to if you want me to do a deep dive into the Annabelle story um, I'll happily happily do do so um, let me know if Annabelle the film is a good watch this came out when I really wasn't caring about Hollywood and uh, it just came out then and it, I just didn't really care about that sort of thing 
especially horror films at the time because they were more jump scary than anything. Uh, not the classic 80s horror film that I, we all grew up and loved. I say loved, but scared the shit out of me and I have to watch them in the safety of day. But, you know, 80s horror is probably the best horror. Bit of pop culture for you all. The Little Mermaid. Now, this film has pretty much flopped at the box office. Um, it's got a 7.2 on IMDb. I can't care. Uh, I know I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes because we all know they fudged the numbers for Disney. Um, I haven't seen the film, but I'll scroll all the way down to one of the to the first review. Um, the title of the review is simply boring, and it and it was a four out of ten. The Little Mermaid is a good example of what's wrong with Disney these days. So it's just simply boring. Now, Disney can sit behind uh, their di diversity on this one, and if you criticise the film, you'll probably be called a racist. Or a sexist. Every one of these terms under the sun you'll be called. For just criticising the film. Whether you like the film or not. Um, but this film has done absolute horrible for Disney. Absolute horrible. Looking at the numbers um, for Little Mermaid. Great website. Absolute good website this. So at the worldwide box office this film has made 568 million worldwide just under 569 million just under and this film cost 200 and the production budget on this film was 250 now i have heard that the marketing cost was 150 million thereabouts but let's we be generous and just say a hundred million so in total this film cost 350 303 uh, 350 million so if you put our number towards the worldwide box office the film actually made money but no that's not the, the true story that's not the story um the film the theatres and you know the theatres take forty five percent of of that um worldwide box office. Um so realistically to break even this film needed to make seven seven to eight hundred million to realistically break even. Now it hasn't done that. It's fucking it's lost shit it's lost over a hundred million for for the uh, for Disney. Now they could probably write that off in other tax areas and, and all that because Disney are fucking lying little fuckers. I nearly said the C word then. And I promised myself I wasn't gonna do that. Horrible mess for for um Disney. Now they race swapped the main character. Um they race swapped Little Mermaid. Um, so she's now a bl uh, a red-haired black woman. Um, you know, that's 
all right, why not make why why not make a whole new story? I imagine there's thousands of African stories that could maybe delve into, um, rather than just cheaply remaking the Little Mermaid and recasting it to be a black woman. Why? Um, it's it's weird. It's you're probably thinking, "What? Why ask these questions?" That's just weird. It's no. I know why Disney are doing it. They don't care about you or me. They don't care about you know, if you're black or white. They don't care about that. They care about your money. And they know this is the laziest way for them. Well, they haven't made any money out of this film. But they've got their ticks in. They've, you know, it look. I imagine they thinking they, they look good for people on Twitter who care about... The, you know, race and gender and you know, all that bollocks. Um, so the Little Mermaid had an already built-in fan base. That's one of the hopes for um, people to go out and fucking maybe purchase or go and watch the film. But why Disney? Why not create a new story? Or, or because Little Mermaid came from a German folk story or Danish folk story. Sorry. So why not delve into the rich African content continent or South American continent? I imagine there's fucking thousands of these stories um, or similar stories that you could have maybe adapted. Yeah, you maybe have had to done a little bit of work, but all in all, that would probably have been a whole lot better for the world in your company. But you're lazy, you you're fucking boring, and you didn't want to do that and. Now, this is where we get into the problem of this, you know, race swapping, and it only goes one way because they are, we, we know this because Disney are doing a live action. I'm not quite sure if it's a film or a TV show, but they are doing a live action show of Lilo and Stitch. Now, the crazy people on Twitter. You know, generally whales and women with blue hair and, you know, rings. You know, these crazy people on Twitter are kicking off because the the main actress who they casted for the Lilo and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch film, is a native Hawaiian woman now, or girl, or woman. Now, Lilo and Stitch is a Hawaiian story. And they cast a real, a accurate Hawaiian, but because in a couple of the pictures she looks white, the people who probably praise this sort of thing are fucking losing their tiny minds and saying, how can you do this? How can you race swap? Well, you you're just done it with Little Mermaid. You're doing it with Snow White, but you get pissed off when it happens the other way around. Why are you getting pissed off with this? You know, it it's it just blows it just blows my mind. It just really does blow my mind. They get upset, and they have been getting upset. They've been attacking that actress, or oh, saying you shouldn't be playing this because you're you're too white. You know, when she's the a native Hawaiian, and 
she she actually looks like the character. Yes, there's probably a couple of pictures where she does look a little bit white and they're losing their fucking mind. But you're, you're all right when this happens. You're all right when it's race swapped to how you want it. It's mind-blowing. It really is. It really is. It's fucking absolute... Cause I, I'm just picturing... I, I would put it up, but I can't find the video. I was looking for it. I was scrolling for a, a good minute or two. <laughs> um, But I, I can picture this woman. She's getting mad at the Lilo and Stitch um, casting choice. She's fucking losing her mind because she doesn't look as... She doesn't look like the character. But yet you're happy when... Disney race swap Little Mermaid and Snow White. The world is fucked. We have lost. We have lost. The pop culture war isn't lost yet. It still it still continues. Um Disney are learning. Will Disney turn? No, they don't. They won't. Um you know, maybe if someone fucking buys the fuckers, maybe, but they they won't learn, and they will continue continue to do this, especially to you know, predominantly white fucking characters. Um. So yeah, it's it, <laughs> it it's just fucked up. They don't get mad one way, but they get mad the other way. You know, it's. Uh, it's fucking absolute fucked up. It's fucked, and it's what's wrong with Hollywood at the minute. You've you've let activists in. You've let activists control the story. Uh, you you're letting them write all their political and ideological crap into into these sort of stories, and they're going to be they try and brainwash your little girl, boys and girls. Um, and this is where they ultimately this is what they want um, these activists and hopefully Disney and other studios start realising and chopping fucking chopping their jobs um, they are losing your companies millions quite possibly billions now let me know your thoughts let me know your thoughts if you disagree with me on 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 that on the race swapping and gender swapping. Um, it's all right one way, but it's not all right the other way. You know, it shouldn't. If you if you like me, it shouldn't be all right anyway. Um, it'd be like if a race swapped um, blade to be a Asian guy. I fucking would hate that. I would hate that. Blade's probably one of my favourite characters. Fucking one of my favourite characters. Agenda swap Thanos, the, the yeah that first fucking villain that come to me head. Yeah, if Thanos was Thanos, um, with a tight little fog on, I would I would I would hate it. You know, a, a lot of us nerds would hate it, and that's what a lot of us nerds are fucking continue to go on about and fucking criticize. Because a lot of these stories just just a laziness and it the little effort. But as long as they get the the the, the Twitter ticks or X twix the the ticks on Twitter, fucking X. Um, as long as they get the ticks on Twitter, they're happy. It makes them look good, without actually being good. Because if you were interested, if you was interested with um, 
making black stories or Asian stories or you know, South American stories, Latin stories, you would these cultures have vast amounts of stories, thousands of years of stories. So why not delve into these stories? And the, I imagine these stories are even fucking hard to find. So what? Why? Why do you constantly want a race swap, gender swap? Um, it's just laziness at the end of the day. It's just pure fucking laziness. Now, that's my thoughts on on the old little mermaid. Let me know your thoughts. Again, if you disagree with me, let me know. If you agree with me, let me know. I would love to have a conversation with you guys on on this topic. But I'm going to close that off because um, it because I it's don't feel nothing towards it to be honest with you. It's just oh fucking Disney it. Uh, race swapping shit again so now we're going back into the cryptid conspiracy now the true story behind a legendary mothman said to terrorize West Virginia West Virginia I don't know the song so I'm not going to sing it <laughs> as legend has it that the flying mothman mortified countless point pleasant residents in the late 60s and when a bridge collapsed the creature was blamed for the deaths of 46 people on november 12 1966 the year england won the world cup in clendenin west virginia a group of Grave diggers working in a cemetery spotted something strange. They glanced up from their work as something huge soared over their heads. It was massive. It, f it was a massive figure that was moving rapidly from tree to tree. Moving rapidly from tree to tree. The grave diggers would later describe a figure as a brown human being this was first reported this was the first reported sighting of what would come to be known as the mothman as an elusive creature that remains a mystery as it was on the night that a few frightened witnesses witnesses first laid eyes on it the legend of mothman of point pleasant just eight, three days after the gravedigger's initial report in nearby Point Pleasant, West Virginia, two couple noticed a white-ringed creature, about six or seven feet tall, standing in front of the car that they were all sitting in. Eyewitnesses Roger Scarborough, Scarberry and Steve Mallett told local paper the point pleasant register that the beast had bright red eyes about six inches apart a winged span of 10 feet and the apparent urge to and the apparent urge to avoid the bright headlights of the car according to the witnesses this creature was able to fly at incredible speeds Perhaps as fast as a hundred miles per hour. Fuck me, that's fast. 
All of them agreed that the beast was clumsy, was a clumsy runner on the ground. All of them agreed that the beast was a clumsy runner on the ground. They knew this only because it allegedly chased their vehicle to the outskirts of the town in the air, then scuttled into a nearby field and disappeared. Knowing how absurd this must have sounded to a local paper in a small Appalachian county, in the, 19, in the 1960s, Scarberry insti- insisted that the apparition, apparition couldn't have been a figment of his imagination. He assured the paper, if I had seen it, if I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything. But there were four of us who saw it. The four people witnessed a wind creature with the wingspan of 10 feet and red glowing eyes who was a bit of a clumsy runner at first reporters were skeptical in the papers they called it the mothman a, they called the mothman a bird and a mysterious creature however they didn't they did print Mallet's description. It was like a man with wings. But more, but more and more sightings were reported to Point Pleasant area over the next year as the legend of the Mothman took shape. The Gettysburg Times reported eight additional sightings in the short span of three days. After the first claims, after... Three days, three days after the first claims, this included two voluntary firefighters who said they saw a very large bird with red eyes. Newell Partridge, a resident of Salem, West Virginia, claimed that he saw a strange patter, patterns appearing on his television screen one night, followed by a mysterious sound sound outside his home. Shining his flashlight towards the direction of the noise, Partridge supposedly witnessed two red eyes resembling bicycle reflectors looking back at him. This anecdote remains a popular one in the Mothman mythos, especially since it allegedly led to the disappearance of Partridge's dog, to this day, some still believe that the fearsome beast took his beloved pet. What is what is the Mothman really? Dr. Robert L. Smith, an associate professor, professor of wildlife biology in West Virginia University, dismissed the notion that the flying monster was stalking out the town. Instead, he attributed the sightings to a sandhill crane, which stood almost as tall as the average man, and he and has bright red flash around its eyes. So almost as tall as the average man, and has bright red flesh around the, its eyes. 
The explanation was compelling, especially given the number of early reports that had described the creature as bird-like. Some people hypothesized that the crane was deformed, especially if it had especially if it re resided in the TNT area, a name that locals gave to a series of nearby bunkers that were once used for manufacturing munitions during World War II. It has been suggested that these bunkers have leaked toxic materials into the neighborhood, into the neighboring wildlife preserve possibly affecting nearby animals another theory suggests that the creation of the mothman was the work of one very committed prankster so far as to hide in the abandoned world war ii munitions plant where some of the sightings occurred this theory posits this theory posits that when the national press ran with the Mothman story, people who lived in Point Pleasant began to panic. Locals be began, locals became convinced they were seeing the Mothman. They were seeing the Mothman in birds and other large animals, even long, even long after the prankster had given up on the joke. It's worth noting that the Mothman legend bears a re resemblance to several de demon archetypes found among those who have experienced sleep. Oh, I'm going to just read this out because I cannot say this word. Paralysis. Which may suggest that the visions were nothing more than the embodiment of a typ typical human fears pulled from the depths of an depths of the unconscious and grafted onto real-life animal sightings when people panic. And then there are the paranormal explanations, a morass of complicated theories that wave together, that waver together, aliens, UFO and, and precognition. These theories paint the Mothman as either had harbinger of doom or more sinisterly its cause a legend that has its roots in the tragedy of Belfel Pont Pleasant shortly after the Mothman arrived Silver Bridge collapse on December 15th 1967 just over a year after the first Mothman sighting Traffic was bad on the Silver Bridge, originally built in 1928 to connect Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Gallipolis, Ohio. The bridge was packed with cars. This placed, this placed a strain on the bridge which had been built in a time where cars were lighter. The Model T had just weighed 1500 pounds a modest sum compared the 1967 average for a car 4000 pounds the bridge the bridge's engineers hadn't been particularly imaginative 
nor had they been especially cautious while creating the, stru the structure. The bridge design, the bridge's design featured very little redundancy, meaning that if one part failed, there was almost nothing in place to prevent other parts from failing as well. And on that cold December day, that was exactly what happened. Without warning, a single eye bar near the top of the bridge on, on the Ohio side cracked. The chain snapped and the bridge, the, the chain snapped and the bridge, it's, and the bridge, it's careful equilibrium disturbed fell to pieces plunging cars and pedestrians onto the icy water of the ohio river below 46 people died either by drowning or being crushed by the wreckages following the mothman sighting the bridge collapsed was the second terrible and bizarre thing to put point pleasant on the map in a year in a year's time so it didn't take long for something to connect the two. In 1975, author John Keel conflated the Mothman sighting and the bridge disaster while creating his book, The Mothman Prophecies. He also incorporated UFO activities. His story took hold and the town soon became iconic amongst conspiracy theorists. You are ufologists and fans of paranormal mothman <laughs> i believe it was a fucked up bird to be honest i i believe the mothman was the the sandhill crane maybe a deformed sam hill crane or a crane maybe a sandhill crane that fucking ate too much and become fucking huge which wouldn't surprise me, in all honesty. I imagine them fucking birds can get some, get some, get absolutely huge. And, you know, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if it is a bird. It's definitely an interesting cryptid. The first sighting, there was four people who, who witnessed this event, or in the car anyway, four people that witnessed the event. So, they definitely want, Maybe unless all four of them were tripping on tripping out on acid, and they all had the same fucking trip, maybe. Uh, but that's not how that sort of thing works. Um, I've no idea what they saw. Maybe maybe it was the Mothman, but I still believe that the Mothman was probably the Sandhill Crane, and it just fucking had a couple of weight benches nearby and just fucking every morning they did a couple of hours bench um maybe did a really strange run because he wasn't comfortable running he looked clumsy so maybe did a clumsy run and just got really jacked up um but it's a definitely interesting story it's definitely an interesting cryptid uh, still not the number one cryptid which is bigfoot which is Bigfoot, um, but it's definitely an interesting cryptid. I do like a good old cryptid story, but again, I would 
quite, I would have to see it myself, but to to actually say, yeah, I, I believe in it. But for, at this point of time, I would, I just tend to believe it's the uh, Sandhill Crane, a really jacked up fucking huge motherfucker Sandhill Crane. It could probably beat everyone in an arm wrestle. Um, would you have an arm wrestle with the Mothman or Sandhill Crane? Let me know your thoughts. So I'm going to close it out, and <laughs> and then we're going to have a little little look at Robin with a Y hood. A yet again another story adapted for TV. What has not only been race swapped, but has been gendered swap. Yeah, you know, from I'm from the UK. I'm from England. Robin Hood is a huge fucking deal here in the UK and they have just turned it into a race into a woman of colour who's an hip hop artist. Where's the stealing from the rich and giving from the poor? I've no idea. I really want to watch this fucking TV show and review it. Um but I pulled up IMDB and it has a one point one out of ten. A 1.1 out of 10. Let's have a see if I can have a quick read of a couple of these. Um, so 6.8% have given it an, a 10. And 86.8% have given it a 1. <laughs> Almost 2K. 2,000, well, 2,000 people have given it a 1 star. 158 people have given it a 10 star. Now, a lot of that 10 star, I imagine it's people positively review bombing. And this one star, you could, I know the director has argued saying that it's been review bombed. I don't think so, pal. Um, you've fucking just butchered a classic story that if, if you had done it up, if you would have done it right, you would have had a layup. You would have had an easy layup. You would have had a swish. And you would have been making fucking... Not millions, but you would have been making fucking huge amount of money. But you've fucking gone with the woke agenda. You've gone with the, you know... The race swapping, the gender swapping. You've gone with, yeah, you know, all that nonsense. And you're fucking... You're losing it, pal. Um... Let's have a quick look at what uh, bounded into comics. Uh, Robin Hood director melts down over series. Negative reception claims show is being review bombed. I claim the show is being positively review bombed. Um, not by much, but, you know, you fucking created this story. Again, you could have done a true... You could have really done Robin Hood great. The story's there. You know, you... The story's there for you to... It was a fucking layup, but you didn't. You wanted to get your PC bollocks and all that shit into it. And now the director's attacking every fucker. Every person that's you know, reviewing the show is attacking. It's calling them racists, sexists. Um... Yeah, oh yeah, 
So Robin Hood director melts down over series negatively reception claims show is being review bombed by racists. That's always their number one go-to. They're racists. You don't like my show, so you're a racist. No. Let's let's put it right, mate. I've listened to a lot of the reviews, and it sounds like your fucking show is boring, shit, stupid, and didn't really need to be done. You could have created a new show. You didn't have to steal from 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 our fucking folklore. You could have created something and, and you know, but now you want to be lazy and, and create Robin with a Y hood. Um, uh, every white person is bad or evil. Um, and everyone of colour, every person of colour is the saviour and, you know, the you know, champions. No, that's not real life at all, is it? Uh, but, yeah, that's how these fucking, these people do. These people go. Apparently unable to accept that his modern reimagining of the arrow-slinging outlaw may only appeal to a very, very small niche of audiences. Robin with a Y hood, hood Julian Christine Lutz. Let me make sure I'm saying that fucking right. Julian Christian Lutz. Julian Christian Lux has lashed out at critics of his new series, accusing them of being not just angry nerds, but also outrace, outright, outright racists. Created by Lutz, otherwise known as <laughs> otherwise known as Alias Director X, what a fucking name, dickhead. Uh, and featuring a story by featuring a story by orphan black story co- coordinator Chris Roberts, the eight episode near fire action. What the fuck? Near fire action drama. The eight-episode near-fi action drama is described by its host network, Canada's Global Television Network, as a contemporary reimagining of Robin Hood. Wherein Robin Witherwy is a fearless, fearless young woman who needs no man, who... <laughs> who is not just another superhero with abilities normal people don't have she is a gen z a gen z driven by injustice of today's who embraces her heroic and hopeful and playful elements of the world's most recognizable folk hero she's no ordinary hero she's a gen z she's a woman that needs no man she is a social justice warrior she is hero for the injustice i would love to get in and have a look at this show um it's a folk folk hero of england you know sherwood forest you know 
Nottinghamshire, yeah, Little John, Friar Tuck, Robin of Loxley, Maid Marion, you know, and they've, they've just fucking butchered a classic fucking story, butchered it for a modern audience. And that modern audience doesn't exist, you fucking idiot. If that modern audience, well, that modern audience does exist, but there's only about 50, 158 of them. Um, the the rest of the audience, the 2,000, fucking hated this shit. So, details of the series. She learns to fight for what's right, to, to care for... And lead her followers, and like all Robin Hood since the first ballad, Robin holds Robin with a Y holds those in power to account by using their greed against them to help the community. Fucking, I don't fucking know. Robin with a Y hood follows Robin Loxley, a young woman whose masked hip-hop band, The Hood, oh my god, is known for their inventive videos and their anti-authoritarian message. It adds, she lives in Sherwood Towers, a cluster of rental high-rises in a working-class corner of New Nottingham. Of New Nottingham, a nearby city where the cost of living has skyrocketed, leaving an ever widening gap between the rich and everyone else. When Robin finds herself fighting for her home and her family against local property developer John Price and the, sher- the sheriff of New Nottingham, Robin with a Y and her band, The Hood, decide to fight back with wrongs writing writing the wrongs of the corrupt elite to give back to the people who are living under they, their regime. So, she's battling a property developer who has maybe maybe no authority in New Nottingham maybe uh, it's fucking show is fucking stupid as fuck absolute stupid as fuck you fucking dickhead I really want to watch this show oh you fucking absolute asshole you fucking asshole you ruined Robin Hood because you're a fucking little dickhead little man dickhead little dick energy you've got Little dick energy. And he's put out a video and he's attacking people. He's attacking people who criticise his show. He's calling them. He does what these sort of people do. And he he all, he questions, is this how you impress women? And he, he says, this is because this is what this type of man does. He says, 
oh, this is how you try and impress women. You tell them you got a, you, you signed up to IMDb and you review bombed Robin with a Y hood to impress a woman. This is what he said. This is what this little dick energy man said. I'm pointing at the screen, which doesn't really help if you're looking at me. Because um, this is a guy with little dick energy. Um, not the people criticising his fucking shit show that I haven't seen, but I've seen many, many, many reviews who are absolute ripping it apart and he can't take it. He's crying, he's crying his little tears, he's crying his little eyes, he's oh, he's oh, oh, but I've done everything right. Oh, please, you know, Twitter, help me. And he's being a little fucking bitch, little bitch about it. And, uh, you know, and he'll call everyone a racist or sexist and that'll be fine. And the main, the the normal person will probably, oh, this this director X dark guy is being attacked by racists, and no, no, he's attacking people who are criticizing his shit show. Simple as. And you know, if that doesn't give little dick energy, I don't know what does. You know, but you know, that's the world we're living in. That is the world we are living in. Don't you love it? Welcome. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to fuck this little dickhead off. Uh, I hope to review his show at some point. I really do hope to review his show at some point. How I like to end on, on tonight's show. I will continue this not dirty and not naughty conspiracy list for Watch Mojo. It's just a top 10 conspiracy list. Um, from Watch Mojo, it's definitely not naughty. It's definitely not rude, but I will continue it because it only take me a couple of minutes to get to get through these and have a quick, you know, thought and theorize. So I probably will continue this list for well, the next five um, topics, uh, the next five shows. Um, but we are at Watch Mojo, and it is the top ten conspiracies reddit it is the top 10 reddit conspiracy theories that might actually be true i was calling this my dirty slash naughty conspiracy list i still will um, but it's not dirty it's definitely not naughty so i used i still watch my watch mojo now and again but i haven't watched it in a long time I still watch watch Mojo now and again, and I generally only watch it for Re Rebecca Bryant. She's an absolute fucking stunning woman, beautiful woman. I've said that every episode, I think. Um, absolute awesome voice, fucking amazing voice on her. Every time I read these, I her voice is in my head, which is good. Uh, but we are at number five, and the ten year challenge was created for facial recognition social media is a full is full of memes designed to get people to post photos of themselves but one in particular has been cited as being more than it appears the 10-year challenge in which people post pictures of themselves both currently and 10 years prior have been suggested to have been crafted so as to give facial recognition software a baseline. 
for how people's faces change over the course of a decade. Although a lot of these photos were already already available on social media, specifying the 10-year gap and then placing them side by side would be a lot easier for a lot easier than data mining millions of people's photos so it's definitely interesting theory and it it's definitely it's one i have heard of it's more sort of involved with like the cho uh, with the chinese um ccp and their um social credit score it's more definitely to do with that sort of side of things but it's definitely interesting, definitely interesting. Do I believe it's got more nefarious um, applications? Definitely, definitely. These, we all should know at this time that social media isn't a, isn't benefiting people. It's fucking not benefiting people. Yeah, it pe- keeps people together and you know, people talking from one side of the world to the other. And it keeps people close, And I suppose, um, so it's probably good in in ways, but we all know Facebook is selling your data, Twitter, maybe not Twitter so much now, but Facebook and in well Instagram is Facebook is selling your data all to whoever wants to buy them. Um, so it's a definitely interesting, interesting uh, conspiracy. Um, I would definitely have to look into that conspiracy more. To give a full depth um, read on it, um, to to give a, a full depth opinion on it, but it's definitely not rude and it's definitely not naughty. Um, so that's that's it. Um, that's it for my naughty list. I'm going to put my big screen for a second. So I will see if you guys watching. I will see you in a second. For you guys listening, you can just continue listening to my absolute terrible voice. No, I'm, I'm joking. You guys can absolutely listen to my lovely other voice, and I will see you in a second. I'm back. I'm full. I'm full screen again for your for the pleasure of your eyes and your earbuds. Um, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. Again, next week, it will be a different format. It will be a different layout. I will just be concentrating on one one topic. At the end of a, at the end of a show, I will do my little naughty, not so naughty conspiracy list. Um, but you may get a couple more episodes out of me um, because I am still very much interested in the pop culture. Although maybe I. I'll just concentrate on the pop culture on my YouTube side of, of things, um, which I'm still I'm I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to grow everywhere, but like this, like I say in these, the more I do this, the more I do podcasting, the more I do with my YouTube and Rumble, the more I will get better. I know it's a bit hard at the minute. It, you know, my editing you know takes me a while, but I, I know I can get better at that. I am improving. I do see improvements within myself. Um, but I've always been quite confident and confident in front of a camera and talking. You know, that doesn't really bother me. If you met me in person, I'm quite a shyish guy. So, but, you know, this sort of thing I'm quite confident at and, you know, it doesn't really bother me. Um, 
So, but I can see improvements with myself. I, I definitely improve. I love editing um, and I'm improving in that as well. Um, but the more I do of these, the more I will get better and improve. Um, but like I say, I'm going to try this format out. I'm going to try the one topic, an episode format. Uh, definitely conspiracy and, and, and the scary side of stuff, um, especially in October. Um, so I'm definitely going to con uh, concentrate on that and hopefully give you a, a little bit better um, story and, and topic and you know my thoughts on it. Hopefully that improves for you guys. Um, unless, unless you, you know, get in touch with me and you know tell me no, don't do it, don't do it, and and I'll happily come back to this sort of show. I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Um, because at the end of the day, I want this show to be like a conversation for you guys that you feel like you're involved in. It feels like you're having a conversation with me. That's what I really, really would like. Um. Again, I will continue to say this. If you really maybe think you would love to guest on, on one of the shows or like to be involved with the show, get in touch with me and we can see what we can do. You could maybe be a guest. You can maybe be a co-host. I would love that. Again, if no one gets in touch with me, I'm happy. I'm more than happy to solo these. More than happy to do that. Um, again, if no one listens... No one listens. I, I, I still, I'll still do these because um, I'm fucking loving. I'm loving doing this. Um, absolute love doing this. And uh, yes, I've got to continue to do it. And it makes me happy at the end of the day. <laughs> and that's inevitably a good thing. It makes me happy. If I'm happy, I, hopefully I can make someone happy out there. Um. So I'm going to continue to do these anyway. So that's a little spiel out of the way for me. If you like this episode or if you like this podcast, please, please follow me on whatever podcast uh, provider you're listening to. Please leave me a review because that fucking, I'll do loads for the show. If you are watching these on YouTube and Rumble, please give me a like. Please, please subscribe to my channel. If you didn't like the show, I thank you anyway for listening or watching. I thank you anyway. Um, I hope I can change your mind on that. I've been Rarity One. This has been Rarity One Talks. I will see you in my next episode. Stay naughty, stay dirty, and more importantly, stay fucking filthy. See you guys next week. Peace.